3: Good evening, everyone. Uh, welcome to a Nutters Call in on a Friday night. Got an absolute stellar cast joining me. Uh, we've got the two bigwigs from the asylum, Steve and Matty. Uh, Zeke Economics has kindly joined us. And also, oh, I see, it's getting even better. We've got Ryan from New Zealand and, and the head of the prediction need, Joe Kennedy. Evening, all. Um, Hello. Scheduled this one just for a little bit of a ramble, to be honest with you. There's there's some there's some decent fights coming on this weekend. There's been some thing in, there's some stuff in the in the in the boxing news that's uh, kind of um worth discussing, should we say? Um we'll kick it off. I know obviously Steve and Matty, you probably had your say around um uh Cameron and Taylor. Um Matty, actually we'll start with you first, Stephen. Any 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 change on on your thoughts of uh, Cameron against Taylor for tomorrow? Or are you still maintaining that you think um, you went for Cameron, didn't you? Again,
4: yeah, I I you know I I just look at it as they're fairly similarly skilled, except Cameron just is coming in doing it as the the bigger, stronger, younger, fresher fighter. So it's you know Katie's going to need to pull one out of her back pocket. If uh, she wants to uh, make a little bit more history on uh, Saturday night, and I just I just can't off the first one. I, I really think that honestly I think that a draw is more in play than a Taylor victory. That's just my opinion. Um, but uh, we'll see how it goes. You know, that's uh, what makes the great ones great is how they come out back off of a loss. Uh, I would love for Katie to prove uh, prove all of us wrong. Uh, but um, I just I'm not feeling it. Yeah,
3: no. It's, I, I personally, I, I think it's going to be a really tough one for Katie. And I, and and mm-hmm. to be honest with you, like I, I'm kind of wishing her the victory in this one purely on the basis that it'd be great to see her just go at the top. You know, go out, go out with a bang. Um, obviously we've got Joe Kennedy, who's a fellow a fellow a countryman. Um, Joe, I mean, she's 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 done wonders for the sport of women's boxing. Um, she will obviously. Regardless of what happens, retire uh, a legend uh, for female boxing. Um, any last hope of a of a of a of a W on a record for tomorrow night?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's probably wish, more wishful thinking than than anything you can really go by in terms of evidence from the last fight. Um, and you know, we've kind of said for a while that Taylor as a fighter is probably on the slide as well. She had a big amateur background, a lot of miles in the clock there. And I think that you know she's probably since the Serrano fight, you could probably chart uh, a pretty steady decline in her and even probably before as well if you looked at it closer um you know a couple of couple of heavy fights per soon um just a lot of lot of miles in the clock in general, I think her style as well it, it once the athleticism starts to go i think it, it it starts to tell as well so um i I think it's an uphill uphill struggle for her again against the fighters probably closer to her peak in, in Chantel Cameron. So yeah, I think it's more useful thinking. I've, I've stuck a couple of quid on the draw. Twelve to one. Historically low low price shows you which way the bookies are thinking as well. Um, so yeah, you know, I, th- I think that's probably as, as best you can hope for going off of last last off the last fight.
3: Yeah. I uh, agree. Um Zico, obviously your thoughts on this one. I mean Cameron has uh if I if I'm mistaken, obviously Cameron gave her the option to to um, come down to light to fight for the for for the belts there, but obviously uh, obviously Taylor didn't didn't want to take that. So um, rinse and repeat again for you, Zico.
2: I think it is for me. Um, I mean, the last time around, I, I, I don't want to be kind of after timing it, but I, I did kind of fancy Cameron just to be as other people have pointed out, just too big, too young, too fresh. I think that Katie Taylor has had a long career. You know, amateur and pro it's probably just got to the point where she's a a wee bit over the hill and, and probably has been for the last maybe year or two. Um, so it wasn't a shock to me the last time that, that Cameron kind of bossed the fight. And, and it was maybe a bit more of a shock that she got the win, um, given, you know, the circumstances, the big comeback. Fact that Taylor's the big star, but you know, things get done right in in terms of the decision that night, and they don't seem much different this time. Um, In terms of the weight divisions, I've got to be honest, I'm not not a big expert on what weight division they're both in, but to me, Cameron looked a good bit bigger uh, than Taylor. I, I, I don't know how much difference it would make if it was a different weight but it's not a different way, and I, I don't see much different this time around. Um, I'd love to see Taylor kind of roll the clock back. I remember being on here talking about uh, when it was Golovkin and Canelo for the third fight, saying uh, we, we, we all think Canelo's going to win, but maybe maybe Golovkin's going to produce one of those performances that the great fighters can produce, just just at, at the kind of dying of the light stage, and that's what Taylor's going to need to do for me. It's going to need to be one of the, one of the kind of heroic performances of women's boxing. They they kind of roll the years back and and, and get some sort of result. That's how I see it. And to be honest, I don't think it's going to happen.
3: No, no. Um, Steve, I want to come to you with this one. I am. Taylor's been in some absolute wars. Obviously, she went life and death with Passoon twice. I think she lost one of those, if I'm going to be brutally honest on her. she had the absolute um well, probably the best fight of women's boxing we've seen so far with Serrano. Um she's um to put it politely, I mean she's she she was she was always gonna slide down anyway. I, I felt that you know that in, in those tougher fights she has looked not not average, but like she's looked like they're on a level. Like it wasn't like she was always superior to those people. Um, is is that going to f- affect her legacy at all, or just people? Uh, you know, look at her as as potentially like the, the the proper or or the second woman of boxing, if we, or third woman of boxing, if we count a couple of other greats that they're knocking about years ago.
0: Mm. I think her legacy's in two parts, to be honest. I mean, she would probably not give two hoots about what's going on outside of Ireland and the way people view her. I know she has a big American presence as well, but I think she's done enough now to secure her legacy, really, which is why I was a little bit frustrated. I know I'm going to have to let it go, sound like a broken record, but I just cannot understand why they didn't give her a bit of a patsy for this Irish homecoming. Not someone who's going to completely fall over, but Chantel Cameron was a tough out, really, and Mm. was Eddie looking to not cashed Katie out, but maybe use, use her name or something to push Chantelle forward because she's younger. I mean, that type of thinking has to come into play for me because I cannot understand why they didn't give Katie the sort of opponent that she deserved. She's a talented fighter, but she's also very gutsy as well, has a good engine on her, and just wasn't able to get over the line in the first fight. I said on Sunday evening that I think the, this fight will be pretty much a carbon copy of the first one. I think Chantelle will win by a narrow margin on points, I was looking on the uh, the Bastion of uh, Boxing Conversation earlier on LinkedIn, as it happens, actually, on British Boxing News. Uh, they had an article up, Katie Taylor reveals she has changed her game plan for the Chantal Cameron rematch. It's going to be a completely different fight to last time. And someone put in the comments below, Cameron is too big, too strong, too skilled to lose the rematch. Katie will, uh, Taylor will do well to survive the 10 rounds. I think she will survive the 10 rounds. I don't think she'll stopped, to be honest. It's 10-2s as well. But um, as for her legacy, I think it's secure in Ireland. Everybody loves her. I've seen her fight a couple of times myself, once as a pro, against Cindy Serrano, actually, and as an amateur on a couple of occasions uh, on the undercards back in the day. But Katie's secured a legacy as it is. And, I, and I'm looking as well, just quickly, at the next generation who are coming up, Danny. And you know I love a nickname as well. I was having a look down the super lightweight division there. And coming in at number 14 in box rec, we have 4-0. and o, Yes, she's at fourteen and she's four and zero oh. from Hemel Hempstead. Nicola oh. Bark, aka the Burmese Python, but I'll yeah. raise you one. At number five from Kenya, we have Sarah Achieng, who's sixteen and two, and she's the Angel of War. So I think with those two coming up, the the future of the super lightweight women's division is safe.
4: Wow, I've got right. to say, <laughs> the, if I- the Angel of War is bad Come on.
3: <laughs> it, just, I was going to say if we don't if we don't hear a full discussion about those two on Chicks with Diggs anytime soon I'll be a bit disappointed so well, I'll,
1: just to jump in quickly though, I remember the corner for that Cindy Sarano fight was a disgrace uh, she got the shit kicked there by Katie Taylor and the, mm. I think it was her husband is her husband or her boyfriend or something was the, the coach yeah. And he uh he was just pitiless with her in the corner, I wasn't giving her any instructions, just telling her head to get the chick kicked out. She got
0: battered didn't she Katie oh. even done a bit of showboating that night as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was early on in her career, I remember a lot of eyes on her. I'll
3: open this one up to any of you. Is it can we read anything into Katie not um agreeing to Cameron coming down the way? Is is that is that pure worry or is it
1: so, she, no I think she wants one more fight if she wants one more fight on lightly I'd say just to to defend that. I'd say that's probably your thinking there. That if she lost the Delft now it'd be that'd be it done. over. She doesn't have another run run I, to get the titles back in her.
4: I think it's twofold. I think uh one is is that it's easier obviously for her to make hundred and forty. And two, I think her, her motor's running out a little bit. If you if you if you kinda look how she's looked in the later rounds uh, recently eh, a little touch and go and also just the way that she's so reluctant to even talk about doing a 12 threes match um even after serrano had one so i i see doubts about her and her motor there so i think those extra five pounds um she she worries about them a little bit
3: yeah well good luck to katie i mean if she gets one tonight uh tomorrow night sorry then you know fair play to her um She's got to come in with one head of a game plan because Cameron's a a much more powerful, bigger boxer as as we see in the first fight. So yeah, I look forward to, to watching that one tomorrow night and see how she gets on. Um, while we're while we're on women's boxing, I would like to discuss. Um,
4: Hey, quick heads up, uh, it looks like uh, Charlo has weighed in overweight for his fight <laughs> with Benavidez, and in his second attempt, he came in 0.2 ounces heavier than his first attempt.
1: He <laughs> went to McDonald's to, to, to take some weight off.
4: Wow. Sad state of affairs in, in Las Vegas, friends. <laughs> well, does it surprise you?
1: he was a good bit over. He's like three pounds over or something as well. Like it, it's not a, uh, not, not cheap,
4: not cheap. He, pounds, he, he, I just, I can't, I, I am going to like, right now I'm going to go lay a bet on Benavidez if this fight even goes forward. Because the fact of the matter is like how interested in boxing is Charlo? Is he just there for a paycheck right now? I mean, it would seem to be that way. His personal life is shit. Hasn't been in a ring for nearly two and a half years. Um, I, it's, something is uh he something's fucked up man uh i i think that you know after the disinterested nature of his brother against canelo too and the money that he made from that fight i think that the best of the both charlo brothers is behind them Mm. people were
1: saying he looked like he was on medication like if you're you know antidepressants or whatever you know which you wouldn't want to be fighting if that was the case so that's the the, down. Your reactions were all like you know, you'd be, <laughs> you'd be like you'd be yeah. a handicapped
4: fighter. Yeah, what happened in the good old days when fighters would come into the ring on cocaine? You know, I, I don't <laughs> like this new world, nothing he about it. it. All and then,
1: see, oh, that all
4: right.
2: see the Charlo is fighting them all night. Has he made enough money to kind of take his eye off the ball? Like, I don't, I don't. I don't think.
4: I don't think so, man, because I think both of them guys like to kind of live a flashy lifestyle. And even though, um, you know, like uh, real estate is a lot less expensive in Texas. So, you know, they're not necessarily blowing as much on their homes and stuff like that. I, I don't think either is responsible. And if you look at the fact that their uh, their girlfriends or wife and girlfriend or whatever were going at it in the parking lot uh during uh the uh Crawford Spence fight, I mean it's got to say I don't think women that are that crazy are very responsible with money either. I, I just think both of these guys are chock full of bad choices.
2: And so guys what, what, are with those women are not responsible themselves.
4: Well, I like that line in uh, in As Good as It Gets when that gal asked me, He's like, "How do you write women so well?" And he says, "Well, I think of a man and I take away reason and accountability." <laughs>
3: <laughs> so Matt, what uh, to sum it all up then, Matty? What you're saying is it's worth a couple of quid on Benavides Junior tomorrow night. Then is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, it
4: would seem like it. I mean, if the dude is this disinterested, it's definitely worth a punt. But you have to wonder if the fight will even go forward at this point in time. Benavidez is a bit of a G, though. I bet he doesn't give a fuck. You'd be like, give me an extra 100K, and I'm (sighs) going to go in here and beat this motherfucker's ass.
2: Some Mm. sort of deal will get done there for sure.
4: Well, we look forward
3: to that one. Sorry, just going back to what I was gonna say. So sticking on the on the on the women's boxing theme, obviously I did want to talk about and get people's opinion on uh, our good friend Alicia Bumgardner, um with obviously the um the oh, clothes, sorry Danny.
1: did you not see her tweet though? Oh well. She, she I, saw the, this all up.
3: I saw the t-shirts today. So that's that's what's made me wanna talk about it to be with you, <laughs> mate. Because she's got t shirts obviously. Uh Forgive me if I'm wrong. Here was it vindicated written on the T-shirt. You could get your Alicia Baumgardner vindicated T-shirts now. Um, <laughs> I got to be honest, right? And, 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 and again, I'll open this question up to anyone, right? If do you just think now, are we living in we're, we're living in a day and age now, right? Where obviously people can identify as whatever they want nowadays, and, and apparently we've got to sit there and accept it. Yeah. Do you think that this is? boxing's uh version of of that where you can you can just basically take drugs and then kind of come out and just say no I haven't and then self um well you know just it's almost like tell yourself oh I, I definitely didn't do drugs oh there you go there we go that's it case closed no problem move on because we've had it twice now in a short space of time and it's embarrassing i can't think of anything worse than than than, than you know what i mean just it's almost like you're like, you know, when you get one of the lads down the pub and they, like, cheat on their missus and then they tell themselves that they didn't do it. And and you're like, no, you definitely did, lads. You know what I mean? Come on. (laughs) Like, it's fucking unreal, honestly. And then to release a T-shirt about it is just
0: Well, I mean, she must be next level of denial or, or she's innocent. But, I mean, I was talking to one of the boys off the air and they were saying that... Apparently she vindicated herself by having a test or something that didn't even test for the things she was caught for, <laughs> and, and all the and all these other things. But I mean, she has gone to absolutely ridiculous lengths. But yeah, maybe you can just identify someone who hasn't taken PDs, But that's boxing for you—it's the absolute wild west, as we know. And as we've seen with Jarrell Miller, and I don't want to pick on Paul Jarrell again, but all these different fighters—you can just get back in the ring whenever you want. And I mean, if Alicia thinks she's innocent, then who are we to disagree?
3: Steve, you keep going on to around, to around real Are we going to have to leave, give him the tagline of leave him alone? Do you know what, <laughs> what I mean? So um, leave Tony alone, leave
1: <laughs> leave Miller alone. And um, clear now, isn't it? You know, it's this, you know, turn it all into a victim kind of mentality, kind of end as well, you know? but that's what
3: I'm, again, like I'm going back to, you know, using obviously what I'm experiencing and like in, in real life. It's like you just, everyone's got an excuse or a reason to just come out with crap. Like, I just, I find it so bizarre. Are we Are we expecting her to be boxing anytime soon then, are we, now that she's cleared herself?
0: I think, I think there's enough of a grey area, isn't there, and enough sort of ambiguity and the rich kind of bullying the poor and there's different governing bodies and different um, uh, sort of sanctioning bodies and all this that you can sort of front up people and say, you know, Prove that I haven't done it. Fuck you! I'll send all this information in. I'll muddy the waters. Or I'll, I'll blur everything as much as I can. I'll turn up at a show here where I can get licensed, and you, and you can just you can see it out. You can, you can bully and see the whole thing through.
3: Mm. I, I, again, it's just it's just so bizarre. I mean, I look forward to seeing what comes next because, I mean, what it'll, will it be? A record next? You know, a song about it, or I, I don't know, I, an advert? Who knows? But yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens, but. um...
1: How yeah, um, the t-shirts measure up to the asylum t-shirts, in terms of quality, thread count?
3: I don't know, mate. I think, to be honest with you, if she'd, if she'd thrown it my way, I, I could have made it a little bit better, to be honest with you. So, put it this way, she won't have men crawling all over her with those t-shirts on, so don't worry about <laughs> it.
1: Um, That's the problem I have. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, right, we'll move on. Uh, obviously, uh, there's a... a, a as you alluded to earlier, we've got the card in America tomorrow night. Um, obviously, topping the bill, Benavides versus Boo Boo Andrade. Uh, Ryan, we haven't heard from you yet, mate. Are you OK? You're good down, in, down there in New Zealand? Are you alive? No. He's being interfered by the GAD. We aren't. Ryan, no Ryan.
5: Have you got me?
3: Just about, yeah.
5: I'm in now, I'm in. Yeah, yeah, all, all good over here. Oh, good man. What's the question? Sorry.
3: So, well, the question for you is obviously the fight tomorrow night is intriguing, as the as the boys spoke about it on Sunday on the pod. Um, Benavides for me, I think, it's just the bigger, more powerful dude. And I I, I just think he's he'll wear Andrade down. And I can only go off obviously the performances that I've seen so far of Andrade where he hasn't looked particularly spectacular he's obviously the basics the fundamentals are there but he's, he's nothing that gets me excited so with that in mind Ryan um, who do you think's got more plastic in him a Smith's toy shop or but David Benavi said
5: <laughs> yeah she's uh she's definitely uh put used to some of those pbc paydays but she's yeah, they a, she's enjoyed hot herself hot on
3: the table things, on the slab hasn't she <laughs>
5: yeah, get it in while you can i don't know if the amazon prime or anything to be the same but yeah it's quite an interesting fight because andre's done nothing at the weight and everything that he has done so far is is underwhelming but he's still one of those fighters you can see the potential and you can see the, the quality that he does have but he seems to have that quality for a few rounds and then fades which kind of works into Benavidez's favour because you see from Benavidez his, his offensive output from two or three years ago seems to have slowed down and, and the footwork is almost there but he, I think Benavidez needs you to tyre to to look his best and the way I see the fight going is, yeah, kind of a cagey start. And then I expect, I'll just put it in one of the comments, but I think Andrade will hurt or maybe even drop Benavidez rounds three or four with a, yeah, one of those crouching overhand lefts. So I think he'll he'll really hurt Benavidez with something. And then he'll let him off the hook and possibly get stopped. We haven't seen it from Andrade where he's been hurt or anything like that, so... I wouldn't be betting on I mean, it, I'd be betting a close ish Benavides points. But yeah, that's how I see this fight going.
3: What what time what time would that be on for you out there, Ryan?
5: Oh, that'd be sort of afternoon, early evening sort of time now. Yeah, it's, it's good for fights here now. We've got the, the daylight savings, so I'll get the the English stuff at the end of the morning and yeah, during the during the afternoon I'll get all the American stuff.
3: Zico, it sounds like we all need to get to uh, New Zealand to have a to watch our boxing these days, eh? If you want to get Benavides and Andrade, it just like early early afternoon,
2: <laughs> a reasonable hour. I'm sure I'm sure you would get it in New Zealand. Um, I know that in Glasgow it's going to be a fucking five in the morning job, and I've no got it in me. And um, times and times gone by, I, I, I would have been there. I would have I would have stayed up, or I would have got up. But I've got I've got things on tomorrow. That uh, that requires a whole day of drinking. Um so uh, it's definitely not gonna be me. But what into,
3: what's yeah, that? Sorry, I was gonna say what's your take on the fight then, mate.
2: Well, I was just about to get to that, I was just about to get to that. Know. I'm building the atmosphere here. Sorry, um, sorry, mate. <laughs> I, I I kinda I kinda think it's gonna be more competitive than than the bookies have it. Um I think uh, I think Andre's about three to one or something like that. Um I, I I, I was I was kind of on the, the William Williams hype train a few years ago. I thought Liam Williams was gonna really really ask some questions, Andrade, and he, he he just didn't, you know. Andrade kinda of handled him barely without breaking sweat. And that that kinda of got me paying attention to Andrade. Um but but since then it's he's never really got the big fights, he's never never got the big occasions. But I, I kind of feel that like me, me this time, like you know, I I, I don't want to call Benavidez a plodder, right? Because he's not a plodder. He's not. He's not stiff. He's not. He's not kind of one dimensional. But he does have that wee kind of plodding tendency in him, I think. And for the first half of the fight, I think as has been mentioned, I think Andrade is is probably going to cause some problems. I think he's going to be a bit slippery, a bit awkward, a bit difficult to grab a hold of. And if he can maintain that past the halfway point, it's going to be really interesting for for me. It's probably quite a competitive fight, and it's one that I'm really interested in. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to, going to have to watch it Sunday morning. But
3: just I was just looking, mate. Yeah, you're going to get you get three to one on Andre to win. The yeah, minute.
2: that's it. That's it. I mean, I think uh, for for me, it's a lot more competitive than that. And you know, we'll probably find out. You know, is whoever comes out of that, whether it's Andrade or whether it's Benavidez, he's he's the man to be to be asking questions of of Canelo. Um, whether it's slippery, awkward questions for Andrade, or kind of pressury Kinda of work rate questions from Benavides, but yep, whoever comes up, whoever comes out on top of that, I'm I, I'm quite keen to see how they do against Canelo. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, looking forward to it.
3: Agree, um, Mr. Kennedy. Um, oh, again, as I say, I think Benavides wins this fight. I'm I'm not too sure about the KO. Um, but then again, I haven't really seen Andre, as I think Matty alluded to, in, in on Sunday. I haven't really seen him hit, get hit by anyone with with any kind of actual power. Um if if it does give a, if we do get a Benavidez win, um, he's got to be calling for that Canelo fight, right?
1: Yeah, especially with Canelo at PBC with you know two fights left in the deal or whatever, you'd, you'd expect that to be next, and then maybe the rematch be the the third. Yeah, you'd have to think he's thinking that, like, yeah. Are
3: you, are you thinking then Benavides will, will, will blast through Boo Boo? or?
1: Yeah, I do. I I, I'm, I I don't expect it to be... I expect it to be, you know, initially kind of cagey, but, um, you know, I think Benavides' style is going to be tough for Boo Boo to run away from for, for 12 rounds. He throws a lot of shots and he throws in between shots. He's actually got really fast hands as well. And he's got that kind of... Um, lasting power you know he's he's he's, he's he- like just naturally kind of heavy handed but very quick 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 hands as well can let off combinations really quickly and I just think he'll be too much for Booboo who'll probably make a mug of him for, maybe for one or two rounds but I think eventually Booboo's lack of activities lack of you know fighting top quality guys for years and years and years I think will take it so I found myself thinking it was going to be super competitive as well and potentially backing Andre but then I don't know just thinking back on Andre I, I always just thought he was, when he was a champ at one, 160, especially when he was just hanging on to that title, fighting nobody's like Dennis Hogan and Jason Quigley and all, you know, it was just, it was nothing for it, it was wasted his prime and now he's at the tail end of his career, you really expecting him to go up eight pounds and beat the best guy, the second best guy in the division. Well, oh,
2: think- this is the thing, he's, he's 35 years old now, sorry, sorry to end it up, but I uh, don't know how much you can hear this because it sounds a bit crackling. Now we can hear Zika, come on. Oh, you can hear me, right? Well, yeah. Andre's 35 oh, years old, which kind of shocked me when I looked at it earlier today. I yeah, um, oh, he,
1: looks, he looks well, to be fair, and it looks like he, he doesn't... But you hear the stories the man he was talking about on the pod, which
2: would be... Oh, he's a baby very, merchant. Great. Guys,
4: I, I hate, to, hate to jump in, but I just posted a link in the chat. This is very germane to the conversation. The ring size for Saturday night is 20 feet
3: Oh, so as, as suggested, Matt, you reckon there'll be a lot of running around, do you? A
4: lot less. Twenty-two is standard for Vegas fights. We go. Okay, right um, Okay. Yep.
2: Twenty's not tiny, though. I mean,
1: I was going to say the twenty seen, doesn't seem seen, that small, does it? Seems
2: smaller rings than that.
1: I don't think that Benavidez or Andrade can stand in front of Benavidez and just trade with him and expect to no. out-slick him or something like that. If that happens, I, I expect Benavidez to be too much and just overwhelm him. So you think that the only way Andrade's going to beat him is on the foot, is uh, is on, uh, is on the back foot and just moving around, you know. Uh, and I don't I see him doing that for seven rounds, beating him and then ma- and managing to hang on for five rounds. Like, Benavidez is a young champion. He's going to be huge in the ring compared to him, I think, as well. Um come fight might, you know, throwing his bombs, getting into his combinations. I think unless Benavides has a really bad, bad might, it's a tough one for Andrade.
3: Yeah. um, Steve, play devil's advocate for me. How does, how does, how does, um how does Boo Boo win this one? Like, I mean, is it, is there, it is there anything to suggest that he could do something spectacular? You know, who's he working with trainer wise? I, I couldn't even tell you, to be honest with you, but,
1: yeah, is there Rousier. any way you can pull this it off? Rosier, oh, sorry, Tony. who was that? Sorry, Joe. It's the trainer, is your man Rosier, isn't
0: it? I think his dad does the training, and apparently Virgil Hunter's been involved as well behind the scenes. I'm not sure about Andre Rosier, but that could well be the case. I, I, I don't know.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay, so what? So how how can Boo Boo win this, Steve? Come on, you're break it down for us.
0: Well, I mean, it's it's not beyond the realms of possibility that Boo Boo can, can win it. I mean, he is a very yeah. skilled fighter after all. He's very talented. I mean, I think we all agree with that. He's just a very awkward guy. He can't stay on the ropes for any extended period of time. He's got to throw within the shots, within, uh, you know, between David Benavidez's shots, which is easier said than done. Plant had a lot of success, wasn't able to last because Benavidez walked him down. Ronald Graville dropped Benavidez and pushed him relatively close. I think it didn't really warrant a rematch as such, but it was an easy fight to make. But people have found uh, gaps in the Arsenal in the past. Ronald Ellis lasted longer than we thought against Benavidez. He is an absolute monster, but he is there to be hit as well. Andrade was a good amateur. He fought Keith Thurman three times. Thurman could not get past him. It was at least three times, maybe four times, and Andre beat him every time. Old Queef just, just couldn't manage to beat him. And he's slowed down a lot. That's the only thing. He's 35, as Joe mentioned. He's been fighting your Quigley's, your Keeler's, your selekis, your Akavov's and all these guys around his prime. And now he's going to have to go in against a young, hungry beast who's on the way up. Could Benavides be struggling at the weight? Possibly. Could he catch him with something half-decent? he could do. But then Benavidez is the kind of guy who loves a fight. He loves getting down in, into the trenches. And when you hit him hard, he seems to revel in that. And he's explosive too. People paint Benavidez as this zombie guy who comes forward, like a sort of mindless Margarito, who's throwing a lot of shots and not taking bombs in return. He can put his shots together really well. He's clever. He'll throw that left hand to the body when behind Andrade, Southpaw um, guard, as best as he can, he'll break him down physically he can box as well and he'll hit him with explosive shots so there's a lot more to him I think Andrade's very conservative doesn't like getting hit but what I'm saying is there's it's not beyond the realms of possibility that he wins but as Zico mentioned the Liam Williams fight there Andre kept hitting Williams with hard shots constantly and towards the end of the fight he wasn't really hurting him he couldn't put him away he couldn't or wouldn't Cork on Docker was another one there's no way that fight should have gone past three or four rounds so if he's really conservative against these kind of guys what's he going to do against Benavides, Vanes Martirosian got to him, dropped him, Atlantis Fox dropped him, DeMond Nicholson definitely buzzed him in the last fight, can't remember if he dropped him or not, we know Benavidez- Andre can do a lot of different things, he can come forward and fight you, he can fight you off the back foot, but ultimately he's going to go into his shell, and I just think he's just waited for too long, he can mm-hmm. beat Benavides, but I think Benavides will just catch him, and might be points actually, but towards the end of the fight, I think Andre's going to be holding on. He's going to be running. He's going to be grabbing. It's, it's going to be, it could get ugly at times, but um, uh, Benavides for me ultimately will win the fight.
3: Yeah. I uh, Matty, Steve brings up uh, uh, something interesting there. So I remember the uh, Liam Williams fight and obviously Williams was in good form up to that, leading up to that fight. Obviously, I remember him. He had a, like a back like an aircraft carrier he was and he was obviously knocking people out, silly. He got into that fight and although he, Obviously, just didn't turn up and, and and do anything. I just it was just looking at Andrade in that fight, and I was just thinking to myself, a better boxer in 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 that situation loses that fight because he just wasn't showing. He wasn't showing enough to be great, if that makes sense. And and, and that's my, I suppose that's my biggest concern about the fight tomorrow night.
4: I I I think that Andrade kind of fights the level of his competition to some degree or another. Um. But you know, you're talking about a 35-year-old guy at this point in time. He's been boxing for, you know, God, a quarter century at this point in time. You take back his time in the amateurs. Um, and he's coming in against a young guy um, who, unless he's, you know, weight-drained at this point in time, which he's got a big frame, you never know, um, is going to come in there, and he's going to pick up steam throughout the fight. And he uh, doesn't always throw big looping shots. He throws those little short, uh, kind of arm punchy hooks inside, but he leverages them on on everything he throws somehow. And he, I, I think this is one of those fights where you're going to see Andrade look good. You're going to see him look as good as he ever has through probably the first five or six rounds. And the tides are going to start turning somewhere after that. Where I don't know. Um, if Benavidez is going to be able to do enough to uh, wear him out and put him down, I don't know. I, I think that's the lean. I've been watching the odds kind of uh, widen out a little bit. thought uh, they, they originally kind of tightened towards Andrade. Not like cl- got close, but uh, he was inside of 3-1, to one, and now he's outside of 3-1 to one in most of the books that I'm looking at. Um, so just my hunch is that Andrade's going to look great first half of the fight, and then just gonna start getting worn down and if he makes to the final bell, you never know what could happen on those cards if he's banked away enough early. But I'm thinking Benavidez is gonna stop him late. And um you might be able to see some live action on that one because I think that Andrade's gonna just be piling up the points early.
0: Can I just add quickly Danny as well? I think that right. um, and I don't think Andrade will go easy because it might not mean much in the context of things and obviously opposition's king and who you've been fighting and moving up through the weights, etc. I don't think he looks as good as super middleweight as he did down, down at middleweight, that's for certain. But he hasn't lost in 15 years. That's a long time. He has not tasted defeat. Like he's not a guy who's lost three or four, and it's easy to sort of say, "Oh, things aren't going my way. I'll take the payday. I'll go." You know, he hasn't lost since the Olympics in two thousand eight. Fifteen years, a long time. So I don't think he'll want to give up that record that easily. Which I think it makes him a little bit more dangerous than than people people might give him credit for. Even though I don't think he'll win ultimately.
2: See on that on that subject, Steve. I kind of mentioned the 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 fight against Lee Williams in Ukraine brought up the fact that he beat beat the shit out of Williams in the first half of the fight and then kind of eased off. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's a kind of symptom of it, you know? Maybe he's used to doing enough and then just slacking because that that Liam Williams fight, he was all over him in the first half of the fight and then come the second half of the fight, Williams, who probably shouldn't have been in it, Kinda did come back
0: in here. was him a wee bit in like the ninth, yeah, yeah, yeah. didn't he? Totally, yeah,
2: he had yeah. he had his moments saying after the fight after getting an absolute shellacking mm-hmm. the first five or six rounds. So uh, I I don't know, man. There's there's just something about it that makes me wonder. Like from a from a prediction point of view, I would say, yeah, it's 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 hard to to go with Andrade. But with uh, from a betting three to one shot point of view I'd think hmm, maybe he's going to make it a wee bit more awkward but we'll see what happens but it's a good fight I think
3: definitely potential there isn't there to, for it to be interesting but obviously whether it happens or not is uh, well only time will tell it'll happen
2: there's, there's, there's money on the table man it's going to happen
3: wow. um, there is uh, one fight that I'd like someone to talk about, um, and it ain't going to be me, because I've got no idea of his opponent, because I've I've got to be honest with you, I don't think I've ever heard of him, and looking at his record, I don't think I I know any of it, the fighters that he's fought. Um, Matias is fighting, is that is that their chief support, I believe, isn't it? Yeah. Or will it be Charlo? Oh, no,
0: I think Charlo Benavidez is chief support, sorry.
3: Okay, well, let's put it this way. The second best fight on the night will be Matias versus... Uh, Gashev, yeah. Am yes, I fighter. I think right? it would
0: be. Yes, yeah. Shorishen Ergashev, yeah.
3: Steve, tell us about this um, Uzbek guy, because I got to be honest, I uh, up until I saw him on there, I've got no idea of him.
0: Yeah. What's his caliber?
3: Well, Is he good or?
0: Well, I can't say I'm any great expert on him either, but he's one of these ones, as I say before. You know, the names sort of all mould into one, and you think, oh yes, I do remember seeing him do X, Y, and Z, and I've watched a bit of footage of him, and I think it's going to be an absolutely brutal fight. This he does straight at square up at times. But he has a bit of a shit house too. In the fight I saw, I've seen two fights of his. But in the one, it was against. Let me see if I can find the guy's name. Uh, was it Veron or was it Australia? Oh, I don't know. It doesn't matter anyway. He's fought Michael Fox, which is a recognizable name on his record, and he went the distance with him, which is interesting. So maybe it's a suggestion that the right caliber of fighter can mess him about. Fox is a very conservative fighter, though. Fights off the back foot. I didn't see that fight. The and one he's I six watched, foot two. He's six foot two, like <laughs> Alantes, his brother. He's absolutely massive. But the guy I watched him in against, he hadn't got a prayer. And Ergashev just teed off on him. He was showboating. He was loving it. He's he's fought on showbox in the past. That's where I've seen him. As for Matthias, he's not here for a long time. This guy's here for a good time. It's going to be an exciting career while it lasts. And the matchmaker for this one has Wellington levels of violence because there's going to be guaranteed bloodshed. I think it's going to be the fight of the night. I'm looking forward to it. And I hope Matthias gets a proper title shot after this as well. And they don't just keep matching him for bloodlust. Until he fights someone who can handle him or knocks him out, because as I mentioned in the Nutters chat, eventually he's going to go against somebody who's going to be able to take his shots and all he, he's just going to melt. He's got 19 wins, 19 KOs. He has been beaten in the past against Petros and Nanyan, but then I suppose he had other things on his mind, obviously, because it was a couple of fights removed from the Dadashev fight. Our referee is going to get touchy when they see him. He's a bloodthirsty fighter. He likes knocking people out. A guy has died at his hands, obviously nothing to do with him personally in the past. I wonder where the referees might look and say, you know what? This guy's a serious fighter. He makes people retire as well. Malik Hawkins, retired. Batizhan jerkinbaev, good fighter, retired. Petros Ananion in the rematch, retired. Jeremiah's Nicholas Ponce went absolutely hell for leather with him for the first four rounds. In the fifth round, his dad said, fuck this, retired. This guy beats people, and I hope they don't just say, right, let's find someone else who's going to stand toe toe with him. Eventually, he's going to get a decent shot at somebody. If Rolando Romero can get constant shots, then I want to see Subriel Matias get one as well.
4: So I, I, it's interesting you brought up the Jukambayev fight, Steve, because I, I, I think that if people are looking for a reason, why should I back this 3-1 to underdog in Urgachev? Mm-hmm. I think you should go to the Jukambayev fight. And look at Jukembaev did hurt Matias at multiple points in that fight. Yes. Um. And uh, it, it was it was a pretty all action affair that was uh, fairly uh, close. Uh, there was a knockdown in there in that round. Yeah, I gonna, think yeah. might have been yeah. the real separation in it. And then the then uh, just didn't have anything after the eighth round. But he did hurt Matias on a couple of occasions. And Matias being a taller fighter, you know those they, they tend to end up a little bit chinny if you're lanky at the weight, and and uh, if you're looking at Ergashev and Jukumbayev, they're very similar in their build. They're you know kind of short squat southpaws um, of that uh, that are built out of that old Soviet school. So I um I I I, I would look at that fight, and there to say that there's definitely a reason Matias is a wide favorite. But Ergashev uh, does have the tools to beat him, if given. The, like,
0: it, yeah. Yes. Sorry, Matty. Just to clarify, Danny as well. I don't want to hog the floor, but no. regarding Matthias, when I say a big shot and a big chance, obviously he picked up the vacant lightweight uh, IBF title when he fought Ponce. so he's a world champion. But I mean, like unifications and shots against the big, the big guns, rather than someone just picking off because he's taken too many shots.
3: Yeah. No, I get that, Steve. I mean, I mean, it sounds like it would be something worth. Sticking about for to be honest
1: with you, or at least we're getting setting the alarm early to get out. I think it's interesting as well. Just I think, well, I don't, I can't remember a a fighter that's been trained by Sugar Hill Stewart for like I don't know, I think he's been with him for his entire pro career four or five years. So uh, I I haven't seen much of this kid at all. Like, so I don't know what the only barometer I have to go off Sugar Hill is kind of limited amount of time he's had with Tyson Fury and um that's about it really you know so it'd be interesting to see what, what, what his uh what someone's like who's been, been under his tutelage for you know a s- significant period of time
2: well i've not seen that much of Subriel matthias i said of his last fight which was pretty fucking good um but that uh that preview from steve wellings there was was fucking epic man i'm right <laughs> up for that i'm first, fucking yeah. right 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 <laughs> up for this fight now man and by the way see this country's fighting. He's probably not that bad. I'm sure he's going to have a go. Seems to be. A, I think he's a puncher as well. Um yeah. I think he's about 17. Knockouts. and I think, when like the fight, Zeke. Well, I think they'll stand. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, fuck yes. It's, it's, it's going to be thousands thousands I mean, crazy. like 40 minutes ago, I was saying, Nah, man, I've got. I've got all day drinking tomorrow. Uh, uh, I'm never going to make that. But uh, do you know You're what? going <laughs> to
0: that,
2: I'm. I'm going to. I'm going to have to. Struggle some, some it's things. It's not the them. only
0: one, though. We'll it. come to this, obviously, probably later. But Vicente Edwell, and Well and Lipanets Rivera, I think they could be. I think this is the best show, that's probably that's the best that's card that's of that's the that's year. It. This until the totally. day of reckoning. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> reckon, yeah.
3: Passing it over to <laughs> someone who's probably going to be watching it with their cornflakes, Ryan. Talk about yep. anything on that card, mate. Feel free.
5: Yeah, I was just saying, what Steve was saying about Matt. Yes, it's kind of parallels with him and sort of Jared Hurd and that sort of that, that stand in front arms up style that uh, he can look unbeatable but it's just that all it takes is somebody just to stand throw some winging hooks body head body head and they look a different fighter then as soon as you you get that breech, you they suddenly start to unravel so yeah I'm, I'm up for this I'm open I don't think Mattias yes is gonna really beat like the top guys that you see but the top guys at one forty, they seem to have, of two or three years ago, they're they're kind of gone by the wayside and yeah, it seems just not sure where he would fit in the division, but giving me fights like this any day of the week, that's that's what you want to see and yeah, praise me to Uncle Al for putting it on.
2: Plus Listen, if he's the B side, then it's a tremendous fight. That's the way I look at it.
3: Yeah, it looks like it's going to be good. Um, anyone open it up to anyone? Does anyone else want to talk about any of the other fights rather than me just going through it individually?
0: I can quickly, very, very, very on, quickly, Steve. Danny. I have to get this out of my system. So, um, Hector Luis Garcia, interesting to see what the tank fight took out of him, really. He's going in against Lamont Roach, who's quite a, a backfoot fighter, but he does put it on late on in the fight. So, if you can hang around... Uh, Garcia did have a few problems later on with his stamina against Roger Gutierrez, I think it was in that fight, and tank hitting that hard, he said he couldn't see. So hopefully he, he's got his vision back in time for this one. So that's a that's a decent little fight. Uh, Lipanets against Michelle Rivera. Rivera got soundly boxed by Frank Martin. He was a bit of a prospect at one point. He did the old Ali stick, uh, stick, you know, he had the hair done and the the shorts and all, but he was on PEDs, and so he's got a slap on the wrist for that. And he really couldn't do anything with Martin. I'm hearing a lot of love for the Lippinets stoppage, actually. I've gone points in the Prediction League. I think Rivera's bubbles burst. His career's on the line as well if he loses because Lippinets has lost before. We know enough about him to suggest that he'll get more chances if he loses again. And there's more on the line for Rivera because we'll really see where he's at if he loses a 10-rounder. So I'm going for Lippinets on points in that one. And as for, what was it, the other fight? Oh, yeah, Pablo Vicente. He's 23-1. and one against Mohamed Yakubov, who's 20-1. and Uh, It's a mandatory fight, this, for the right to challenge Oshaki Foster. Foster has already beaten Yakubov before. Uh, Vicente, he's a Cuban based in Panama. I've never seen him fight before. He has two nicknames, though. Uh, I love a good nickname. The Judge is one of them, and the Cuban Menace. So he'll be maybe the favourite, I don't know. It'd be more interesting if Vicente wins, I think, because we've already seen Yakubov getting outboxed by Foster out in Dubai. But I think Yakubov is a bit more seasoned, a bit more experienced, better names on his record, so he's probably the pick. But I'd like to see Vicente win, as I say, just to mix things up a bit. And Foster will probably box rings around the both of them. But I mean, this is the depth of the card. There's, there's so many fights to to get up for, and that's not even mentioning the untelevised portion or the lower level. Vitelman Nicky's going in there. Daniel Blancas, he's David Benavides' sparring partner. Moton as well, the Mayweather guy. There's a, there's a lot to there's a lot to do here.
3: There's a lot going on there, Steve. Indeed. Am I the only one who thinks that? Because I've just I've had uh, to Google it. Right, Lipanet Sergei Lipanets is only thirty-four years years of age. Is it me, or does he seem like he's been around for absolutely fucking yeah, ages?
4: yes he he, He's been fighting in big fights basically as long as we've known him. Or not necessarily big fights, but top level competition. I mean, I boy, he's, he's Matty yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what he fought like his 12th or 13th fight, I think, was against Mikey Garcia. Then he went up 147. He fought Ennis up there. Um, then he whacked Figueroa. Now back down at, at his natural weight. We don't know how Rivera is going to look uh, a weight class higher. We don't know how he's going to look without the juice i'm uh, I'm pretty curious in this fight uh it, I think it's gonna be on like the free portion. maybe you guys can pick it up on YouTube or something you know if the PVc is doing it over there but uh, I almost think that it'll probably be about an hour hour and a half after the conclusion of Taylor Cameron when this will kick off for the uh, hardcore among us
3: well I've bought myself a few cans of the uh, Danish lager. is it fax is it I believe it is um and they're like two point they're two point cans so um there's a good chance I'll be staying up anyway.
0: No chance you'll be out pissing every five minutes on that stuff, Donna.
3: Oh, mate, I'm not, my bladder hasn't gone yet. My brain <laughs> might have, my bladder hasn't yet, so. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I look forward to that. Steve's obviously, Steve's got riled all up. Zico's got the pizza on order already. It's just going to be a fucking marvellous. It's going to be shit night. there,
0: isn't it? <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, God. Gone are the days where, you know, Mr. Wellings was bigging up fights and they were, you know, ended up being pants. Not anymore, Steve, though. You've turned things around. Fair play to you. So. Thank you. Thank you. That's all right. That's all right. Um, Joe, I don't, did you talk about anything on the card there, mate? Sorry, I didn't know if you we uh, missed you out then at all. Or... No,
1: no. Go on. I think we summed it up pretty well, yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay, mate. No worries. Uh, where am I at now? I, to be honest with you, I mean, apart from that card tomorrow night, there isn't really much else aside from that. But again, that's good. That's good. Fair for me anyway, that card. So... I'm looking forward to that. Um, I literally. Has anyone else got anything to kind of discuss? I mean, you know, Did the strict Zico. It? sorry, Zico, you yeah,
2: yeah, just just uh, the uh, again. I'm sounding offy crackly here. Yeah, you anime. are sounding a
3: bit uh, a bit muffled there, mate.
0: Ah, oh. is that a bit? If we all mute apart from Zico and see if that does anything. Yeah, see that. Come on everybody else, mute. Or you yeah,
2: how's that? How you? How, oh, that sounds a bit better for my end
3: Better, mate. Go on, crack on. Yeah, there,
2: there we go. Right, Yeah, just, just the Saudi card. Um, see, see what people are thinking about that. Um, as I'm kind of looking at it, it it's a kind of strange sort of kind of. It's not. It's not a card that mismatches, but it's maybe. A card full of competitive, lopsided fights. Um, by 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 normal standards, we've got a uh, quite a few kind of interesting kind of chin strokers. You know, obviously uh, Joshua against your big your big Swedish uh, compadre there, Wallen. Joe Kennedy. Wallen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your yeah, yeah, man there. I mean, that that that's a fight that pff, you would My probably. You would probably make Joshua a favourite, but um, but Wallens probably capable of with the upset. You know, maybe a wee bit less so with Wilder and and the big the big Kiwi character. Um, but it's a kind of card that, if probably the, the top three or four fights there, you would you would all have a look at and think, ah, I'm going to watch that. Um, you know, for me, the the kind of most intriguing fight is. Daniel Dubois against, Daniel Miller, uh, against Cheryl Miller, um, which I think is a kind of... Certainly uh, in the kind of group chat, it's kind of split people down the middle. Um, for me personally, Cheryl Miller is fucking shit, uh, And Daniel Dubois is going to launch him in another dimension. Um, but it's... Uh, it's a kind of weird fight that's brought two people from two totally different dimensions together, and uh, Daniel Dubois just maybe isn't quite capable of handling the, the kind of verbal stuff from Jarrell Miller, But um, it's it's definitely a fight that, that I'm looking forward to, and and even the rest of the card, as I say, um, the the one that's uh, what's the what's the boy from Manchester that. That's up against the Aussie Kind of wild man Oh, Zorro, no, is
3: it? Zorro. No, no, no,
2: not Zorro um... uh, Lyndon Arthur, you mean, sorry Yeah, Lyndon Arthur like... Oh,
3: yes,
2: yes, yes Yeah, Oh, sorry, I'm I'm getting them mixed up here uh, Lyndon Arthur, I like Lyndon Arthur Like, I, I think it's it's kind of went Went a kind of strange way from him Um, Kind of winning a somewhat dodgy fight Uh in the past against uh, your man I mean I'm fucking pissed here but like uh, it's I like Winder Arthur I think he's a kind of good solid fundamental fighter and maybe he can put up a better kind of performance than people are expecting but you're talking
3: about when he beat Yard aren't
2: you mate well didn't want to say that but that fight against Yard was somewhat iffy for me like the first fight it was the middle of lockdown, kind mm. of strange time period, fighting Eddie's back garden. And mm, it went how it went. And then we had the rematch that went really differently. There was rumours about kind of contractual situations and things like that. don't want to, don't want to say exactly how it went, but, you know, it was, it was a kind of odd one. But, you know, it's there's a lot of good fights in that card. Those kind of interesting things that may happen, so uh, I'm quite looking forward
3: to it. I got to be honest on on this card. I'll, I'll say my bit. I, I did say in the night uh, chat at one point. I said it's um it's it's a card full of fighters, but with the wrong fights. Um, I'm going to have a stab at it now. So if I'm looking at it, obviously what you'd want is Joshua versus Wilder. So so if you you remove those two from the conversation, um. I'd probably then put, uh, I'm looking at it, uh, you know, I'd probably put
5: Dubois with
3: Hergovic, but purely on the basis that, like, I think they're both at that kind of level, whether we like it or not. Mm, like that would be good, yeah. I think, I think, obviously, they're both, where they're at in their careers right now, I think, not suggesting that's a 50 50 fight. I think Dubois wins that fight, but I think it, it just clears something up, if you know what I mean. Those kind of like those on the kind of fringe of, of joining kind of some of the elite. Um, I would have uh Wallin against Joe Parker because I think, again, that's a name that Wallin could win, could fight, uh, could win. Um, and then obviously, um, you'd Obviously, dig up DeMori to fight Miller because obviously Miller's not interesting to me. So um,
0: any other takes on that or I, I've got one just I've got one quickly. I was gonna ask Ryan about this actually as well. To make things more interesting, to give Jay Oppatoya more of a challenge. Which of the three heavyweights would you fancy him to beat? In fact, Ryan he might even beat all of them, uh, from like down under prize fight, Australian New Zealand prize fighter, Jay Oppatoya against Joseph Parker. Then he fights Junior Far. Then he fights Mark DiMore. I think he'll give him a chance against all of them, to be honest with you. Yeah, he
5: beat Junior Far. Junior Far got cracked by Lucas Brown in the last fight. He, he might get stunk out against Joe Parker. Joe Parker's, uh, we've seen him enough now. We don't do you need to see him that much more. I mean, he can get banged out of and as Ozzy would say. Um, yeah, I like Jai Fataya. I don't know why they put him in the Zara, especially after. Is me against Jordan Thompson? He absolutely smashed shit out of him. Um, I think this is a card. You were saying fighters in the wrong fights. I think this might be a bit of a, a bit of a double dip. They kind of all got together and they probably said we'll all have sort of winnable fights, and then the winners will fight. And it, I think it just kind of gets all the A sides a payday, and then yeah, I think it's probably a bit more political this card than. Maybe it seems on the outset because it seems like Eddie's fighters are in kind of shit, shit, kind of like Hergovic versus Mark DeMory That's that, there's nothing for him. That's just, he can't win in that fight. So he knocks him out in the first round. It's, oh, he's fought a guy out of his basement. And then if he, if he goes past two rounds, he's going to start saying, you know, Hergovic, what are you doing? Again, Bivell, why is he fighting a British level guy when he's just been Canelo? And it seems like he's just been frozen out, really i mean, the zone. Can't really send him a, a name, and you've got Callum Smith fighting Bitterbia, which has tied those two up. So maybe it just keeps him keeps him paid and and on the platform, really. And then, yeah, who else is on that card really? AJ versus Wallens kind of the the main one that's going to get us talking because I think AJ. If you if you look at AJ, and if he couldn't speak English, you'd be saying this is a guy who pushed. Music reasonably close. He's got good good attributes. He's just he's missing that that one thing that really elevates him. But I think he's going to stop Warren well, well late. I think nice body shot hook upstairs. But I think he'll be down in that fight. I think he'll he'll lose a few rounds, and it, there'll be a bit of a uh, bit of an issue like six seven rounds in. It starts to look like he's down on the cards and maybe slowing up a bit, but I think he's got the tools to get to Wolden really.
0: I think it's funny what they're doing with some of the fighters, isn't it, as well? I know it's politics is all involved in that, but you've got, like, Daniel Dubois lost to Joyce. Dubois has been sort of pushed on, and he's got this opportunity. Bivol had the greatest 2022, beat Canelo, beat Zerdo. They've been inactive for 13 months now, which is an absolute crime. Opataya had that great fight with Bradis. Maybe they're thinking about the jaw, the fact, you know, the Thompson Zoro sort of easing back in, I don't know, maybe I'm giving them too much credit. Caboel beat Chazora six years ago, done nothing since, going in against Mudov. Sanchez had the performance of his career against FA Jagba, and ever since then they've frozen him out. And you could argue Jagba's probably further on out of the bunch. And Hergovic has been sitting on the IBF manager for about three and a half years now. He needs to sack off Sourland and them, and he's fighting Demore. I sound quite negative, but I'm actually looking forward to the card, especially the fact that before Christmas, a bit of a buzz, we'll have a post-fight pod and all that. But, I mean, there are some questionable kind of choices, aren't there, about the matchmaking. But as one of the, I think it was Ryan said, maybe. The fact that we've got Eddie and Frank sitting at the table, maybe the Saudis can bring them together. It's like some kind of world peace. This would be better for next year. We'll maybe make the bigger fights now that we've got them at the table together.
2: I think there's no doubt at all that this has all been lined up. With a view to having winners fighting winners and losers fighting losers, like um, so, so, I'm sure somebody earlier on said that wallying against Barker would be a good fight, which it would be a good fight. But Joshua and Wilder are being lined up to fight guys that are not going to beat them. Like this is how it's going to be, and it's going to get sorted out in February. Like the way that the money is, the way that. Kind of the lack of opponents are there is no way that this is not getting brought to a head, given how things are in Saudi Arabia. Now, I don't know how you feel about kind of fights being in Saudi Arabia, and you know it's it's a kind of different story in America where the arse is kind of falling out of kind of the, the kind of TV networks and and how things is going to be, but it just seems to me that like. These kind of weird kind of setup shows are probably going to continue. And you're going to one of them, and then one of a big showdown, and all that sound of money is going to come to the fore. And it's it's probably gonna, it's kind of weird to me that this particular card is like British fighters, Australian, New Zealand fighters, and then kind of random guys filling in the gaps. But as we move forward, it's probably going to be that way for like top guys in America, as far as I can tell. We're going to find a way to get them over to Saudi Arabia, get them fighting, probably putting the big the, the bucks big up and uh, make those fights happen. I don't know how you feel about that, but that's how I see it.
1: It was amazing just to have like AJ and Wilder, Eddie and Frank, like all of them at the same... All on the one stage, Money makes think, the sport uh, go
0: around, though, doesn't it, Joe? Bring, it brings it brings all these promoters together.
1: Yeah, exactly. All watch, all, it's all washed aside. The the Saudi checkbook comes out, no doubt.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Dubois Miller, I know one of the boys was mentioning that. Joe, what do you think about that? Take Ames was talking on Monday night on the Seconds Out podcast. He seems to... Fancy Dubois if Dubois has any confidence about him, surely he's going to punch too hard for Miller. But Miller can get into his head, talk a bit of shit. He is durable.
1: Yeah, I think the durability part is going to be key. If he can, um, if he can, because the defense isn't great. So Dubois, you're going to, you're going to, you'd be pretty confident Dubois is going to tee off on him at some stage. Uh, whether he can stand up to that and keep coming is probably the, the be all. Because I think if if that happens, I think Dubois is kind of fragile enough mentally that. That'll probably just suck the life and and suck the fight out of him if he if he lands a Sunday best in Jarrell Miller and he's still coming back talking his shit, you know? What
2: else what, we got on you, there? Whoa, whoa, Dubai Dubai against Miller. Did you see Jarrell Miller against that big fucking Australian bouncer? Oh, no, yeah, man, what's his name? That, that big fucking fat cunt that he went, to, went to Chechnya and, and, and did oh, that. Oh, Lucas
0: Brown,
2: yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ, man. That uh, was ridiculous. How anyone can watch that fight and have any doubt that Daniel DeBart is going to knock out fucking general. 12
4: fights down really to the only. level of his
2: opposition. No, 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 no. Fuck that, man. Steve, I'm going to ask you a question right
1: now. Brown to be on the card. He's got hang, on. Yeah.
2: <laughs> hang on, hang on. Steve,
1: go on, go on, go on, go on.
2: are you familiar with the dinosaurs? Yeah. Are you familiar with the Tyrannosaurus Rex? <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: See that fight with Jerome <laughs> Miller against Lucas Brown? It was like two fucking dinosaurs lumbering around the ring. They could not move their feet, they could not move their head they could not move their body all they could do was move their arms and it was fucking ridiculous there is no way on earth that this fat 330 pound bastard is not <laughs> going to get knocked out by Daniel Dubois, I cannot fucking envisage the reality that that does not
1: happen the Saudis could have him hooked up to the latest and greatest of year as well, you don't know what kind of
2: yeah, ah, yeah, man. Man. No chance No chance yeah. Darrell Miller's
0: going to come out first of a... Vindication t-shirt <laughs> 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 I hope Alicia can get one big enough for him Yeah, I don't know man He's never been stopped before has he big baby Come on, no See, Zee, fair, come on.
2: It's, the, it's the best fight on the card For me It's the most intriguing Most sort of Like there's a, there's a guy in the Nuts Chat, Terry, who makes a good case. I'm I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not here to criticise Terry from the Nuts Chat, but Terry from the Nuts Chat is absolutely slaughtering Daniel Dubois, and Zico from the Nuts Chat is absolutely slaughtering Jarrell Miller. Like we are both absolutely fucking convinced that the guy we think is going to lose is fucking useless, and it's just a, a matter of who's the most useless. But th- for me, there is no fucking way that Daniel Dubois does not absolutely up Gerald Miller. He is fucking £333. Like, like how, can, how can a man that fat be expected to win against a semi-credible opponent? I agree with you. I
0: can't it? stand him. I've made my feelings known. I just think that he's fat, he's durable, he has a bit of activity about him. He could possibly get into Daniel's head. I, I I don't know. I just I just see the fight differently, but I'd love to see De Boer splat him. Absolutely, hundred percent.
3: I think I think with you, Steve, on that one. To be honest with you, I think like he's yeah. it, it, it we get it, like, people will keep giving him like paydays, even though he's made an absolute fucking mockery of himself twice. So I think um, I think the sooner he gets beaten and just goes out into the into the shadows, the better. You know what I mean? It would just be a it will just be a joke opponent for people later mm. down the line. Hopefully, but yeah, we'll see. Um, I'm going to wrap it up there. Apologies. So I've got stuff going on. Steve's got to get away. And all, I know Joe said he was going out and Zico's got to get his pizza order in. So
0: <laughs> I think... Uh... Poor Zico. We're never going to leave that down. I <laughs> know.
2: Oh, <laughs> never. Never going to have it down. But it was,
3: it
0: was, it was, it was golden. Don't worry, Zico. It was, Go, it was a golden
3: moment. It was brilliant. But anyway, no. Um, yeah. So honestly, I thank everyone for joining us tonight. It's been... It's been uh, an, Another great conversation. Brilliant uh, job, Danny. Thank you. No problem. Sorry it. for those that couldn't jump on. Uh, I know Ames was looking to jump on and um, we had Des that was looking to jump on as well. I mean, if, if if everyone wants to carry on doing them, obviously give me a shout. I'm more than happy to, to get them set up and to let people have their say. But anyway, yeah, thanks for everyone that's joined us and uh, I hope everyone's enjoyed it and uh, hopefully we'll uh, look forward to some good boxing action tomorrow night. Thanks all. Cheers, Danny.
2: All the best, mate. Take it Bye. Bye.
5: Sports Social Podcast Network.